You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. Where he is from Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct journey here. Stadium time is 8.56 Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeandmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Drew Croson, at Crow 2 on Twitter, at Crow on Venmo. To one side of me, the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S is for... Uh, Showing video games on Periscope? S stands for Suck at Kansas tonight. Suck at Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I think I drove through <laughs> there one time. Won 20 to 1 in uh, three games of Rocket League. It's Rock Chalk Talk tonight. Nice. And, uh, we got quarterfinals, or I guess semifinals coming up. Probably when you're listening to this. I don't know. Whoever knows. What any of these words mean. To the other side of me, via the magic of the internet, we summoned him yet again. Giving you full Fort Payne ASMR, the kind you pay extra for, the AU Chief. Buen dia, especialmente a mis amigos colombianos. It is a special day for the Colombian amigos. Absolutely. I mean, you got James Rodriguez going to. Uh, See. And you realize, like, I think half of the top 10 of the Tour de France right now is Colombian? There we go. I think Huge. we talked about this last week. It's, a, it's an unbelievable cycling nation at this point they there are were, uh, amazing there were uh, buildings in bogota uh, lit up blue with 19 which is his number he's on in it uh last night there was Times square there were giant billboards with uh with uh james and everton shirt do you realize he's the fourth most popular active player in the world wow now he plays for everton is he the first, or no, is he the second ever uh, Golden Boot winner in a World Cup to ever play for Everton? The first was like some guy in the 80s for England, I believe. Maybe? Maybe? I mean, that Real Madrid to Everton pipeline is strong. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually uh, goes the other way. but You know, he only costs us 12 million pounds. Great British pounds. Hey, so, in this economy, it's pretty good. Good, great business. <laughs> well, you can get a Hamas Rodriguez for twelve million pounds. Um, twelve million pounds of what? Sterling. Sterling. Oh, okay. Okay. Shekels. So quid, as they call it over there. Yes. Yeah. Guys, on tonight's show, the one, the only Justin Ferguson joins us. Justin, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can y'all hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Uh, affirmative. As long as the Skype call holds up. Guys, yeah. we've got... Uh, um, um, my whole take, before you before you start, my whole take on the Hamas Rodriguez thing is that, man, the 2014 World Cup was a long time ago. Yeah, man. 
There was a time. Yeah, like, right, no, no disrespect to Everton, but <laughs> he, he had two really good seasons right after that uh, World Cup, yeah. and they were both playing for Carlo, so our our ma- uh, Everton's manager. So uh, that's how I feel about the Auburn offense. It, it, the, the, was a long time ago. Yeah, the thing that worries yeah. me is his injury record over the last three seasons. That's the only thing. Uh, I because he he wasn't really playing that much for Zidane like he didn't fit in what Zidane wanted to do um, and he did all right at Bayern but then they didn't loan him back out so if you had told me in 2014 if you'd said which is more likely a kid from Frisco Texas would play for Juventus in 2020 <laughs> or Hamas Rodriguez would be on Everton I think I would have taken Weston McKinney at Juventus <laughs> every time yeah. And that is crazy well, unlikely. At the time, he was Ronaldo's heir apparent. That's why uh, Real Madrid signed him, basically. Yeah. Uh, and they even, like, sort of look alike a little bit. And the same kind of hair and all that. So they're yeah. very fashionable dudes. Very no good-looking men. No one is as would. good-looking as Ronaldo. No. He looks like he was built in some sort of weird lab. Probably was. Yeah. Whatever lab LeBron came out of, Ronaldo also came out of. With a much better hairline. Hey, Cam Newton. Cam Newton is also an interesting case study because his brothers, he has two brothers, and none of them look anything like him. One played offensive line, and one is five foot eleven receiver. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't be able to tell Caleb Newton was related to Cam unless you, like, really study his yeah. face. And kind of like, but I think, but even so, you'd have to tell him, hey, this is Cam Newton's brother. And you'd have to look at him and be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah I kind of, yeah, that's good. But <laughs> I mean, it's not easy to get, it's not easy to get to. That is wild to me. Like, they're not even body types dissimilar. It's, it is weird. Three brothers that could not look less alike. Would you rather, uh, you know, if you and two brothers, would you rather have just the one brother that is absolutely all world at whatever it is you guys all do? Like, having cam as a brother or would you rather be a manning brother where you know you got Peyton and eli are both nfl quarterbacks super bowl winners right and then be cooper well, i was gonna say that cooper <laughs> newton is the best one if he hadn't gotten hurt everyone knows that cooper <laughs> newton was the one that was gonna do incredible things in college as as someone who has two brothers it's it's probably better to have it a little bit more equally distributed I would say because in my family, the second uh, one of uh, the three uh, brothers is he got like by far the most athletic talent out of the three of us. So, uh, yeah, I wish I would have been more of an Eli than uh, I guess. I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm like the older version of like what's Cam's older brother's name? I always forget. I don't remember either. I'm that I'm that one. I'm that one. I'm the, the one nobody remembers. I mean, he played for the Packers, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He, he, yeah, he had like a short stint in the NFL, I think. But if only we had the internet. Right. Cam Newton, older brother. Alexa. Oh, Cecil Newton brother. Jr.? Oh, there it oh, is. Yeah, yeah. Right. okay. Okay, yeah, I'm Cecil Jr. in this exchange, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, so... Ferg, tell us about your latest endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I've been—I guess when I was on here the last time, I was still gainfully employed by two different <laughs> two different companies. Sure. Um, at the beginning of the the pandemic, and and then 
uh, you know, as time went on, uh, there were some layoffs at both of those places. And so I was without a writing home and a talking home uh, for, for a little while. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the big thing for me is that I still wanted to write about Auburn. I still wanted to talk about it if I could. Um, and there were a lot of people, I mean, some of you guys, I definitely people who listen to this show, um, who were pretty encouraging, you know, through, throughout the time and were like DMing me, texting me and being like, Hey, you know, have you thought about doing your own thing or, you know, can't wait to see what you do next. And that led to what I started, uh, at the beginning of the month on, on September 1st, where, uh, we had, uh, uh, the launch of the Auburn Observer, um, which is my new home, um, for, for writing. And so if you, Read my stuff at the Athletic, uh, SEC Country. Before that, um, it's pretty much kind of the same thing I'm going to try to do there. Except for now, I don't have to, you know, be under the thumb of a company built off of venture capital who doesn't know who I, who I am or <laughs> why I exist. Uh, but no, it, it's it's a uh, it's a subscription uh, a newsletter um, format. We're also doing a podcast. Me and my buddy Painter Sharpless, who did the radio show with me. Uh, here in Auburn, um, and we're doing, I'm doing like three or four stories a week, two podcasts a week, month of September, it's 100% free, you can just sign up, check it out, I wanted to make sure we got to like an actual football game, and like have something to actually write about <laughs> before I'm like, all right, now pay me money, um, so I can do this for a living, um, so the goal is, you know, October 1st, we get that rolling with the paid subscription, and you'll be able to get all that stuff then, but right now you can try it out, it's at auburnobserver.com, and you sign up there, and You'll get emails in the mornings uh, with yep. my with my words in them, and sometimes my podcast. So we're the only podcast brave enough to have a host of a better podcast on to talk about his better podcast. The only one. Oh, oh when are you, oh when are y'all getting Zach on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I appreciate it because like right now, like there's so many times like. Uh, I, I kind of started missing like going on the radio and, and like going on podcasts and be like, Hey, read this stuff. So like, I've, I've been like saying yes to like everybody. And that's why I'm here. No, I'm just kidding. Even just kidding. us. <laughs> no, we're everybody. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. It, 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 it's really, it's really awesome. It's really awesome to, you know, get an opportunity to kind of just spill all that. And then you know, just kind of talk and, and have fun uh, with you guys. But yeah, like I said, auburnobserver.com sign up, check it all out there. And, uh, October first, if you would like to pay, uh, pay pay a little bit of money a month to make sure I can keep doing this, I would appreciate it. But so if I've not, got to, you can just check it out until then. I've got to guess that it's uh, a little more fun to not have to do two hours every day. Where uh, <laughs> you're talking bachelor, talking uh, talking to some callers, <laughs> get, get yeah, kind Ryan, of doing your own content Ryan, now. Ryan DM'd me. Ryan DM'd me like right after our first episode, Painter and I, and was like, "Man, this is really good." And it was like, "I bet it's good, like not having to like." feel like you have to fill out two hours of time and he was like or talk about the bachelor anymore like okay well that's the thing that's always getting me is there's enough people being like man i talked about a lot of junk on time. and so no i mean we're just focusing in strictly on auburn and right now auburn football but uh yeah i forgot to mention um i'm gonna do football and you know cover men's basketball uh Whoa. i'm actually gonna be basketball like people can't tell me don't cover men's basketball anymore. Weird. So. <laughs> doing that again. It seems that it seems that Auburn fans like basketball. You you would you would think that would be easy for for some people to figure out, but alas. <laughs> and then I'd like 
sometime mid-November, you're going to announce that you want to host in a podcast filled with wit our Me Without You track-by-track breakdown podcast, right? That's happening? Yes. Great. Hey, I'm already like, I'm already like, uh, since I'm independent now, I'm already like committing myself to like wild, <laughs> far-off hypothetical projects. <laughs> hey, me and Justin Lee will have an AEW podcast at some point. I'm just, I'm getting, yes. I'm getting pulled. pulled We're on. just going to go track-by-track and go, which is the best? When did you first hear about this? We're going to have people who have never heard about the band on, try to convince them why they're so great. We will have tens of listeners. <laughs> At least. Make sure you're... Well, yeah. Now, who is the starting offensive line, Justin? <laughs> That's the real question. question. The question well, is, well, got you forget here. the quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, this is the well, season. Oh, yeah. Rest of Who's life? starting quarterback? <laughs> Good uh, question, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I wrote that story on Caleb Newton earlier this week, and I was like, I, I went back and I was like googling stuff to like try to get some links to some things, and I saw the number of like national outlets that were like, could Caleb Newton challenge Bo Nix for the starting job? <laughs> I'm like, it's really funny right now because I'm writing a story about like how awesome he's been at, at wide receiver. No, but uh, the the interesting thing is with this offensive line is that like. This is the off season where everything should like really really suck for those guys <laughs> because nothing's gone right. Yeah. And yet there's like when you when you talk to when you talk to uh, you know the coaches and, and you know guys like Nick Brahms about them there's like this quiet bit of like confidence in the fact that they're you know it's not like oh we're gonna be awesome or like it's just like we're we're gonna get this figured out and I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule because like Gus Miles was talking about they want to have like a top 10 lockdown by the Kentucky game, which 10 makes sense because you're going to need so much depth this season because there's no telling who's going to play when and where and who's going to be available and, you know, contact tracing and all that stuff. I think, I, I think they've got like a five, six, seven that they really like right now. And like from left to right, that left tackle spot seems to be Austin Troxels to lose at this point. Left guard, um, Tayshawn Manning staying back. He was the backup to Markel Harrell last year. Of course, Brahms is the only returning starter at center. Right guard, Brandon Council has done really, really well and is like the guy who's gotten like the best reviews of the, you know, guys we don't know a ton about coming in there. Um, he's moving around a little bit, but it seems like guard's going to be the home for him. And then right tackle, Brodery, Sam, your pick to like become an all-star, I would imagine, on this on this offensive line. On top of that, the uh, top of those guys are moving Alec Jackson around. He can play tackle. He's he's actually working out more at guard right now. And then um, I counter Jones, a uh, really highly rated redshirt freshman, uh, is working in at guard. And then that's pretty much it. I would imagine that if healthy, um, you know, Killian Zyra might be in the mix there. Uh, Brennan Coffey has gotten a lot of love. But I think those Juco guys are going to take a little bit more time to kind of settle in, especially with this weird offseason. And it's good for them because, like, this year does not count to anybody in terms right. of their eligibility. And so those UK guys are, are going to be able to get a little bit more time to kind of stick and, 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 and roll with that team. How much do you think this year is going to count to fans, media, and all that stuff when it comes to, like, legacy for coaches and players? And, like, are people like, like in five years, are we going to look back and go, oh, Gus Malzahn had that weird year where he was – whatever and whatever, like in terms of record, like if he's five and five, that will look terrible. But if he's 10 and 0, are we going to go, well, it was the pandemic year, or is it going to feel like an undefeated season? I guess there's no way to know that. I think, 
Yeah, I, I think if I think if you're a good team this year, despite all circumstances, you're going to be really happy about it. I think I think about it the same way as like what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, in the NBA, in the playoffs. Um, you know, if you're doing well, you can be like, yeah, take pride in it because like your team's kind of figured it out and rolling. But if you're not doing well, or you may be falling short of expectations, you can at least have an excuse to kind of write it off. And it's a more acceptable excuse. It's a more widely known excuse than just like you know, trying to cover for your team, not like doing as well as you think. Um, if they go five and five, like I think like yeah, it would be rough <laughs> for Gus, I think in his, his future. But if they, if they ran the table, I think, yeah, you, you celebrate it just as much as any other year, especially if you're Auburn. Cause this is a weird year. And if there's anything we know about Auburn is that they thrive in the chaos. And so I'm not saying Auburn's going to, you know, go 10 and 0 this year, but like wouldn't surprise me at all that if Auburn would be the team to figure it out and like, go on a run here just because there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Like, yeah. I think Alabama is the safest bet in the SEC, but like, man, who in the world knows what Georgia's going to look like, except for the fact that their defense is going to be amazing, but that's about it. That's all you really know about them at this point. Offensively, they're just a giant question mark. One thing the NBA did has accomplished that I feel like they're the only sport other than maybe like there were moments in the Champions League final where I felt this way, where like, I forgot. I, I will forget that they're in a bubble during games. Like yeah. the presentation has been so good, and the game and the and the level of play has been so high that I have like caught myself going, "Oh gosh, I completely forgot these guys have not left Disney World in two months. Like <laughs> these guys have been stuck in this ho- in these hotels for two months." Um, and part of that's just I think NBA, ESPN, TNT have done a pretty amazing job of not showing the crowd like there's just zero shots of anything but the court do you like, think they that show the, the families yeah you know, they do now because now the families are there do you think that college football has got any weird tricks up its sleeve are they gonna be pumping in crowd noise or any of that kind of stuff i hope not just because the, uh, there's going to be actual crowds at most places i think there's right. only i don't know i don't know very many major teams that are saying like we're not going to have fans at all well um, now but sure that, that'll fluctuate yeah. that'll fluctuate yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing like that, that'll probably fluctuate yeah i'm interested to see i i know the weird thing that stood out to me about like that first game between um it was that austin p central arkansas game that was on it was the crampton bowl yeah. that first thursday night or, or first saturday rather i'm sorry uh they kept show like doing like wide angle shots of the crowd. And it's like, I've been to those, I've been to one of those FCS kickoff games. I went there when Jack state was there a few, a uh, few years back. Uh, Cause I had a sibling who went to Jacksonville state and like, no one goes to those games when there's not a pandemic. So like the fact that they kept showing it and reminding you like, hello, this is like, I get, I get, they want to throw it up there sometimes and be like, and the people are doing what they're supposed to do. They are, you know, wearing masks and all that. But, like, I, yeah, man, go with what the NBA's done. I know it's easier to do because it's basketball, but soccer did a good job of it as well. It's like if you don't have fans or if you don't have the same kind of fan atmosphere, keep a tight focus. Like, keep a tight focus and just let let the sport, like, let the sport kind of speak for itself, you know? I'll yeah. be interested to see what, kind of, what they kind of do for noise. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn just takes the Jumbotron and just cranks that sucker up, even if they have <laughs> – 25,000 fans in the stands or whatever. I will say college football does get the added bonus of marching bands. So that, that'll still feel familiar for the schools that are having bands there. Um, and it'll fill you know, out man, part the, of the section in terms of crowd right. shots. There'll be people right. there. 
Uh, so um, are we going to have the band there? Uh, my no. understanding is the band is in the stadium, but they can't go on the field. Yeah, they unless can't that's changed. Right. And there's uh, no pregame fanfare. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it'll probably nope. just sound like a high school game whenever ESPN broadcasts those. Yeah. You know, it'll be 15, 20,000 people in a band. Um, and I was and I was told that there was not going to be a eagle flight this year. That's what I was. Yeah, before I, the I, would, I would imagine not. I don't really um, understand just, that. To be just because they don't want to like, I, I think it's one of those things where the SEC made that rule. It's like only the very essential people need to be on the field and like okay. or like the actual game to be game to believe. And I don't think they're going to want to be in the business of making exceptions. Right. You know, I, I think, think that's, that's the. At, um, yeah, that's going to suck. But I mean. I guess you'll you'll we can train the eagle to just fly from the top of the Haley Center, yeah, down to the field and back out. Then they don't have to be in the stadium at all. No, they can do it every day, right? They can do it during class. (laughs) (laughs) It could be just a oh, at noon the eagle flies around campus. It's been getting that good. Yeah, it's coordinated with the the Sanford's chimes playing the fight song. The eagle just circles campus. Now, Ferg, you wrote an article in the excellent Auburn Observer that I'll well, plug again about <laughs> Anthony Schwartz. Talk a little bit about – that's a great reporter question. You can use that. You should say talk a little bit about, and then you don't actually have to ask the question. So what about Anthony Schwartz is actually – surprised how often that has happened. It's a ter- – I hate it. I just can't believe I did it. Uh, what about Anthony Schwartz has changed in your mind over the last 18 months? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know if it necessarily anything changed with him. I just think that the role, his role in the offense started to grow towards the end of last season once he got healthy. Um, the weirdest stat I came up with in that story that I found was if you take out the Alabama game where he got hurt on the literally the first snap from scrimmage, take out that game and you just look at the second half of the season for Auburn last year, he averaged more catches per game than Seth Williams did. And it felt like Seth Williams was the only guy who was running out for passes sometimes for Auburn, especially late last season. Um, so the, the the plan was for him to step up his, his role in this offense and the volume he was getting. On top of that, um, it worked. I mean, you look at yards per target last season, and he was Auburn's best receiver on screens, on short passes, uh, and on deep balls, and he was the third best on inter- intermediate passes. The two guys that were ahead of him are no longer on the team. Right. So he's the most efficient receiver they've got. Uh, right. In terms, you know, when Bo throws it to him, it, good things usually happen. And so he's he's really worked hard to make himself an all-around receiver. And then this offseason, that's been a thing that he's really really harped on. This year was the year was going to be the year that's like, oh, if he does really well on track, he has that bounce back season maybe tracks the future for him. Well, track season gets canceled. And again, monetarily, like you're going to have a better future in football than track. Right. So it's always felt like he could have leaned that way. The pandemic made it easier for him to commit to that. And he said the other day he's a hundred percent locked in on football. I just think that all around game of his can stretch. I mean, Seth Williams has done such a good job for Auburn, especially last season of like being that true all-around guy for Auburn. You feel like you can call any kind of route for him. He could be in any kind of play, and he'll make something happen. Um, Auburn hasn't had a ton of those recently, and my argument is is that if you look at the numbers, Schwartz is just like that. Like he, he is just like that, just in a smaller, faster frame. You look at Chad Morris's track record, he does, he does 
there's really good work with guys of that kind of skill set. And nobody's as fast as Anthony Schwartz, but I'm talking about dudes that can play flanker and kind of can you can move him around and do a lot of different things with him. Um, you know, ball's going to get in the air up 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 in the air more often. He's going to I think he's going to get a lot more like slants and drags and stuff that Auburn fans have been begging for for years. Because the thing about Anthony Schwartz is he's really, really fast. And I get that you want to, like, make him run past everybody and catch a deep ball. But those are, you know, iffy if he passes, especially for a young quarterback. Get him the ball when he's already running really fast. You know, not the screens where he's standing still, catch it and go. I think if you look at Chad Morris's track record, there's going to be a lot more of that quick game. A lot more of those RPO throws that A, Bo Nix is good at, and B, I do think he be able to tear up defenses in. So I think he's in for a monster year. Another guy you wrote about was McCreary, Roger McCreary. So what what made you interested in writing about him this week or last week, I think? Yeah, oh yeah. So Roger McCreary was is a guy that is so special when you hear about him from like people in the program because he wasn't a starter last year, but everybody talks about him like he's already a star. And that was interesting to me because, like, I knew there was a lot of faith in him. I knew Auburn likes to play three cornerbacks anyway. So even though you don't have Noah Benagini or Javaris Davis, Roger McCreary was kind of, quote-unquote, a starter in Kevin Steele's eyes last season with the way they like to play. Um, then I looked up the numbers, and, like, he got more balls thrown his way and got more traffic than a lot of quarterbacks do. Like he, like statistically, he looked like a starting corner cornerback for Auburn last year, and he was really, really good. And so the numbers kind of bore out what you know the the confidence that I had been hearing about uh, about McCreary behind the scenes is that this guy is going to be a really good corner. He's already got the, you know, he's already got the experience to be a number one guy. And look at Auburn the last few years: Noah Benagini, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis. All these guys go early round in the NFL draft. McCreary's about to fall right in line with those guys, and he's also followed the path of take a year, that freshman year, get in the rotation, that second year, make that step forward, and then when you turn when you turn him loose as a starter, let's see what what happens. I mean, McCreary just looks like a guy that I know there's a lot of question marks about Auburn secondary because they lost so many pieces back there, and that yeah. makes sense. But he's the type of like lockdown number one guy that Auburn should have a ton of confidence in. Guys, this is the most hardcore sports talk we've had on this website, on this podcast in, I don't know, months? Yeah. Since at least the Captain Ron episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Justin's familiar with... That was a good, that was a good one. I yeah. enjoyed that one. <laughs> the Captain Ron episode. We should. We I think the like, last time I came on, we didn't talk any sports, like, whatsoever. So, like, I perfect. think I feel like I'm having to make up for it. Hey, we talked about wrestling. There's probably... We did. We did. We talked about we talked about that. I just remember I just remember talking a lot about Tiger King because hey, remember that? Um, yeah, six yeah. years ago when Tiger King came out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carol Baskin's back in the news, boys. I know. Be dancing with the stars. I hope in three years my daughter is five and it's like, hey, who's Carol Baskin and why oh is she famous? <laughs> and I have to explain to her about I love, the I love, pandemic. I love Crow saying that. I love Crow saying that, being like, I hope in three years my daughter's five, and it's like, yeah, that's probably how math works. Yeah. Like, I would imagine. <laughs> It'd be oh. weird. It's like, and three years from now when my daughter's 13, I was like, wow, wow. all right, well, we skipped some, we skipped <laughs> some steps there. Yeah, everybody aged a little different this year. Well, that's how it, that's how it'll feel. It'll, it'll feel like feel, it's three years, it'll or, feel. and she'll be 13. 
Okay, let's take a quick commercial break, pay a couple of these bills. And we're back at the exact 27 minutes and 20 second mark here on the Orange and True podcast. You guys uh, you guys can't see it, but Ferg is drinking off his huge uh, sweet tea that he got from Cookout today. Uh, I believe they upgraded you to the huge. Is that what happened? Oh, they gave me one for free. Oh, man. The story, like customer service off off the charts at Cookout, by the way. I mean, everyone knows that. So, I, so I'm I'm running errands out in the Tiger Town area uh, earlier today, and I was like, I was really thirsty. I'm like, man, I'm just gonna go get I'm just gonna get a tea from Cookout. It's a good size, you know. I like it there. I go and I'm like, I go up to the drive the drive through window. I'm like, hey, I just I just want a huge sweet tea, and they're like, all right, you know, pull around. And I didn't think about it until afterwards. Like they didn't give me a total. So I roll, I roll around, I pull my card out, and the lady just like sticks her, sticks the cup out the window, and is like, "I ain't charging you for this." I'm like, "All right, oh man, nice. <laughs> just took off." And I'm like, "All right, man, all right, so big win, big win, 2020, starting to turn around." Free tea day go. cookout, you guys. <laughs> this is where it starts. Nature's healing. So maybe, so, yeah. So if you're if you're near the Tiger Town, if you're near the Tiger Town cookout, just try it and see. Yeah, <laughs> on a good day. Or, hey, Justin sent me. That's the thing they're doing now. Yeah. yeah. Ferg sent me. He said, uh, said you get it for free. free you just get punched <laughs> through the window. <laughs> Guys, cookout. I miss cookout. I didn't think I'd miss cookout as much as I do. But oh yeah, it hasn't made its way out to Texas yet, has it? Oh no. I had to. I had to. You know, get a water burger with. No. Fajita wow. veggies yesterday. Slum, slumming it with Whataburger but out there. <laughs> Whataburger with fajita veggies and extra cheese. That's, that's costs way, a little more to go to Whataburger. The other thing about Whataburger is weird for me is that like it's it's, I mean I think there's one in Clanton, but like it's like exclusively either a North Alabama or Mobile area like thing in 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 Alabama like. They they're all in Birmingham, Huntsville area, and then they're only in Mobile, and then us in the middle are like, what? Come on! Like, yeah. What I want to talk about with 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 Whataburger. Just, what's funny is when people are Texan, everyone associates Texans with a love of Whataburger, but I'm here to tell you, as great as Whataburger is, a true Texan loves Taco Cabana. Mm. That's the that's the Have real mark been? of a true well, it's, Texan. It's Tex-Mex. Of course. Guys, it is a fast food Tex-Mex place. You can drive through and get fresh homemade tortillas made there in the store every day. Man. You can get fajitas That's in the drive through Oh. oh. <laughs> I did it I did it last week. I got fajitas in the drive through with a side of queso to dip in. Just a pan through the window like, "Hello." I'm really I'm really <laughs> jealous of your food options. It's, a fan, it's fantastic. Does it, does it just look like you're vaping when wonderful. the steam's coming out the window? Or you know what they started doing now, Ryan? In the uh, in the pandemic, I can drive through and get a margarita for four dollars and a and fajitas. <laughs> drive through. God, I love Texas. Here you go. Here's your margarita. It's got a little shot glass of tequila taped to the side of it, so they're <laughs> not serving you a made a made mixed drink. There you go. And then. Take it home. I have margarita and you pay like twelve dollars and you get two meals. I had a, uh, and Carl, I want to, I want to ask you this one because you, you say Taco Cabana, Whataburger. I always had a friend who would say, who, who grew up in Texas, that would say, you know, the real market in Texas is like if you're really, really high on like Dairy Queen and like a legit yeah. like small because like every small town in, in in Texas sorry has has Dairy Queens and they're all like 
have a different menu sure. than the ones that we have here. Yeah, yeah it's a different menu. It's because it's a uh, Texas stop sign is what they used to call it. The Dairy Queen sign used to be called the Texas stop sign on their commercials. <laughs> they, uh, you, we used to joke that you couldn't be an incorporated town without a Dairy Queen. Like that was like, <laughs> oh, you got Dairy Queen? All right, you get to be incorporated. It's, it's like Jack's in uh, in Alabama. Yeah, or I think Waffle House in Georgia. I think now they're actually are unincorporated towns with Dairy Queen. So I don't think that even is the mark of it anymore. It is as prevalent in my state as subways and gas stations. So put it that <laughs> way. I see. I see subways, subways and gas stations. Now you're talking about the wiregrass. Because right. like Jack's was more of like a North Alabama right. thing. Yeah. Even though I did find out the other day, back in my old Simon grounds, they're starting to put Jack's down there. I'm like, yo, that, that was easy money. But it was yeah. You grow up and it's like, well, you, <laughs> if if you're anywhere and you're like you're hungry, it's like, well, there's probably a gas station with a subway in it, and that's your only choice. Subway is like, so bad. Ryan's talking about right. Ryan, Ryan's talking about Waffle House. I grew up somewhere where the nearest Waffle House was 30 minutes away. Whoa. I didn't know, I didn't that, was know that was possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. We had I've two seen, at I've one time waffle. in Fort Payne. Two. <laughs> I've, seen waffle, I've, seen waffle houses, I've seen Waffle Houses in Georgia on the same exit. I yeah, there's yeah. one on the There's three. Those there's are the not. only two buildings within two miles. <laughs> <laughs> there's three off of one exit uh, in in on the way to Atlanta. I can't remember which exit mm-hmm. it is. Is it the Hogansville exit? I think so. There's one on each side of the interstate, and then there's yeah. one, and there's one on both sides of the road going one way. <laughs> Guys, you know, I'm just saying, if you know anybody who grew up in the Wiregrass, and if you don't know where that is, it's south of Montgomery, basically east of the east of the Mobile kind of drop down part. Sure. That, that whole chunk, south central, southeast Alabama. It's a desolate place when it comes oh, yeah. to food. Just pray, pray for your friends who are down there, because sometimes they have to like grow up there and have to drive 30 45 minutes to go anywhere decent so yeah keep them in mind. and meanwhile i grew up with the taco man troy becomes a haven <laughs> <laughs> texas rules though man like i will i will always i will always ride for texas oh man i justin i meant i thought about that i thought about you the other day when i, I looked up top 10 gas station taco places in plano texas i was like i like justin ferguson <laughs> gas be, station taco. would be yeah, in on this yeah. list I've made my way through three hey, of them. Shout, <laughs> hey, shout out to Alabama, though. We are the only other state in the union as of right now that has a Bucky's besides Texas. Not so we're, we're rolling strong. For, for rolling now, strong. I actually saw a uh, sign now. going into North Georgia for one. <laughs> Georgia? That's yeah. too Georgia. Come on. That's too no. – They don't deserve They're getting a Bucky's. We can't even get a Whataburger in Auburn? That's too far. I know. All right. Ryan has a game. That, yeah, so we're going to do a uh, schedule preview, and um, you know, in traditional orange and true fashion, we're not going for the hard hitting analysis. Uh, we're going to have a little fun with it. You can go elsewhere to listen to people <laughs> do that nonsense. You can go to the Auburn Observer for that. I'm sure so Painter is given the hardest hitting analysis. <laughs> so what we're going to do is uh, Jeopardy style before and after clues, and this is a this is a variation on Does Crow know? Sure. So, you know, you, everyone's you before, favorite when we game. play games, it's always just making fun of you. Sure. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of that tonight. So I'm going to give you the before and after clue, and you're going to be trying to guess the quarterback for each plan. Because I figure if I just ask you the quarterback for each team, you're going to struggle a little bit. So yeah, I don't know. I'll help, I know I'll help you out with some of these clues. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and, y- and y'all can work together too. Um, and I'll give you the team. I'll be nice. 
So we'll start with Kentucky week one. We're what, two and a half weeks out from that now. And uh, so the clue is a yogurt loving Sarge in New York, uh, New York's most populous borough who gets stranded on an Island with his best friend, Chuck. So if you're not familiar with before and after from Jeopardy, it's, uh-huh. cl- it's giving you two parts of the clue that go together. Right. Uh, so worry. part of this is, it's helping with his first name and part of it's helping with the last name. I am very well versed in Jeopardy before and after. <laughs> uh, okay, Ryan, this one's tough because it's not Joey Gatewood. And I, and I can repeat not it. Yet. There's uh, a yogurt-loving Sarge in New York's most populous borough who gets stranded on an island with his best friend Chuck. Gets stranded on an island with his best friend Chuck is killing me. Um, yeah, the first part? No, but See, I, I, I feel like I don't. I don't need to play this game because I know all the quarterbacks. Sure, but you're I'm, a professional. I'm, I'm just sitting here. You're, yeah. you're the lifeline there, Frank. Yeah. I, I would let. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I'm enjoying watching. The watching yogurt the, loving is also the hilarious. Turn. The wheels are turning right now. There's smoke coming out of my ears. Um, so do you have any direction here? Manhattan is the most popular, most populous borough in New York. That's about where I'm at. I don't. Is that not even true? That's not I true. I don't think so. No. What is it? Is it the Bronx? Keep going. Brooklyn? No, nah, you're on it. Okay. Oh, Brooklyn, okay. Brooklyn Nine Nine. The yogurt loving Sarge in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay. I think. Terry. Either one of you watch his Brooklyn name is Nine-Nine? Terry. Okay. So we've got Terry, who mm-hmm. is stranded on an island with his best friend Chuck. Oh man, Wilson. Terry Wilson. Bingo. Boy. <laughs> who is Terry Wilson? And I, I'm telling right now, I wasn't confident in that answer because I don't know who Terry Wilson is. <laughs> that sounds like a made-up so name. Ter- so Terry Wilson was the starting quarterback at Kentucky in 2018. Uh, Juco transfer, um, pretty good. I mean, he's like that. He was like that prototypical Kentucky quarterback where it was like the passing numbers weren't great, but like they made he made plays pretty well, especially with his legs. <laughs> He got hurt early last season, and that's when we had the Lynn Bowden plays quarterback experiment for the rest of the year right. at Kentucky. Um, Did you see that so, the Raiders just traded Lynn Bowden to to someone, I can't remember who it was, for a pick, and the pick they got back is a pick that they had previously traded to that same team? Oof. What? That is the dumbest trade I've ever read. They were mad at him, I had read, because, like, he was, like, enjoying Vegas too much. I'm like, yeah, that was going to happen. You moved to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. Uh, but, yeah, Terry Wilson. Um, was he on that Kentucky team that beat Florida, or was that before him? They, no, he was. That was okay. Terry Wilson. Okay. So, Kentucky's really good year two years ago. He was the starting quarterback. Right. Taking Benny Snell, Josh, Josh Allen, the good Josh Allen. Um you know, on the other side of the ball. So you're going to get a dual threat quarterback who's not that great at passing. He's solid. He can make some plays. He makes some plays through the air, but he's going to run the ball fairly well. And he looks from everything I've seen and heard from Kentucky, uh, pretty solid um, in his return from injury. Uh, he doesn't look like he's, you know, got any ill effects from that, from that knee injury that knocked him out for most of the last season. I can't imagine he's going to be as solid of a runner as, as Bowden was at the end of the year last year, though. I mean, he was absolutely insane in some of those games. Yeah, and they basically ran just like a 
you know, it looked like a high school offense by the end of the season where it's just like <laughs> our best player is going to have the ball on every every play and yeah, you know, we'll only hand it off on <laughs> when we have to, when we absolutely have to. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see Kentucky back with an actual like, like by trade quarterback yeah. this year, especially a guy who had done some good things for him in the past. So we, you mentioned their defense two years ago was really good. Uh, have they kind of reloaded on that, or are they back to where Kentucky traditionally is? They're solid. It's 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 a it's a decent defense. It's not going to be one that's going to you know challenge for one of the best in the SEC. I think the thing about and not to immediately jump away from the defense, the thing that you're always going to get out of Kentucky is really good offensive line play. They recruit really well there. They've got a really good offensive line coach that develops talent. Um, uh, up front so that this is going to be especially early in the year especially knowing wilson's background very i think it's gonna be kind of run heavy pounded they've got some dudes uh running back they really like uh including one an alabama native uh if you're looking for best names in the sec this year cavassier smoke is uh is, is be one of the top top running backs for them this year. <laughs> incredible name Incredible name. I think Auburn. I think Auburn recruited him at one point in time, but he was kind of like further down on their board, if I remember correctly. But yeah, he, Auburn could have had two smokes on their team. Like, there's an alternate yeah. universe where Auburn has two Kovacier smokes. Smoke is the most yeah, SEC Mad Libs name. <laughs> it's a can't wait to see what the broadcaster comes up with when Smoke Monday tackles him. <laughs> smoke on yes. Smoke. All right, Ryan. Let's keep going. On All this. right, let's go to week two. Uh, so you know, we've, we've talked plenty about Georgia being a week two matchup and how weird that's going to be more like week uh, two W E A K. <laughs> they've had plenty of quarterback controversy the last week or so. Uh, so here's the clue. Yeah. Does Kurt know about this? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Depends on how much he watches the Slack channel. Uh, yeah. Justin uh, Fields is back. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. He, he dropped the, the, in the world's sixth most used website before having his parakeet decapitated in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, he dropped the V in the world's sixth most used website. That's Facebook, and that would be Justin Timberlake from the documentary film The Social Network. Wow. Before, Got that one quick. Before having his parakeet decapitated in Providence, Rhode Island. And that's either Harry or Lloyd, and I'm guessing Lloyd. So who is Justin Lloyd? You're on the right track. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. That's a good guess. Yeah, you, you knew where you were going with it. So it's it's J T Daniels, Justin Timberlake being J T. Oh and, man. Yeah, uh, it being uh, Jeff Daniels, the actor. Justin Lloyd sounds like an SEC name. It sounds like a Georgia quarterback. That's why I was pretty <laughs> confident in it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go to the old full cast moniker model of if you can f- say it backwards, it's Lloyd it's Justin. No. So, so yeah. Lloyd Justin doesn't sound like he's a Georgia. He's more of a Georgia Southern quarterback. <laughs> True. It's I'm fascinated also, it, by it. It was what? also Harry's parakeet that was decapitated. So That's right. true. Dang yeah. it. And Justin Harry. Hey. Not great. Harry Justin, though. <laughs> that's a Georgia quarterback. Harry yeah. Dunn Pascal, is his actually. name, though. Yeah. So Justin Dunn could have got you there, but that's Robert, still wrong. Robert Dunn. Okay. J- yeah. Justin Dunn. Justin Dunn sounds like he's like one of those country singers yeah up in south georgia <laughs> who yeah. sings about girl <laughs> like truck uh dirt road uh he, beer he was on cmt's Troops, version of uh flag. the voice or whatever yeah. do they have their own version of that i'm sure they do 
since there's nine million counties in the state of Georgia, um, you'll go like through, especially through South Georgia, you'll just drive through and there'll be like a sign say, welcome to such and such county, home of some country superstar you've never heard of. And it's like, I know I've seen three different, I know I've seen three different ones of those, like, like driving towards Valdosta. So yeah, de- definitely Justin Dunn. They're making the up counties. You can make up a county in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, you got the breakfast counties down there of, uh, was it coffee, bacon, and oh, there's one French more. toast. <laughs> French toast well, County. Biscuit county Ge- Man, Biscuit County, Georgia would be a heck of a place to go. Welcome to Biscuit County. Can you imagine, play- can you imagine going cousin. to Biscuit County High School? Yeah. Biscuit, Ca- Biscuit County High School would have been amazing. There's a coffee county in Alabama. Yeah. Down there, there right? So- it's named after Glenn Coffee, is what I was told. Mm. Mm. I don't think so. <laughs> Alabama icon, Glenn Coffee. <laughs> All right, right. Week three. We ain't talking about Georgia. Oh, it's Bacon County is the other one, by the way. Life's too short. Um, you, you said Bacon. I said Bacon. God. Name of France, named I, after Francis Lloyd Bacon, I'm sure. I'm just, I'm Actually, just interested real quick with Georgia. I'm just really interested to see like when their whole quarterback situation gets um, so quickly changed in a heartbeat, like yeah. how they're going to look in week two, especially in a year where, you know, no one's been able to practice as much as they were supposed to. It's wild that like Navy didn't hate it for him, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, you hate to see it. You really hate to see it. (sighs) Ryan, talk to me about the Hogs. This one I don't know. I think we lost Ryan. Uh oh, we did lose Ryan. So Chief, you can read it if you. Yep, I got you. Uh, all right, we're talking talk about them Hogs. He's the current Ray de España. Okay. But it was the Visgoths, Visgoths, and not these other Germanic people who ruled most of Iberia in 500 CE. Wow, that is a great Jeopardy prompt. You can tell Ryan watches a lot of the best show on television. I don't know. Um, I'm impressed by these questions. Is King is Philip currently the king of Spain? Man, this is tough. Visigoths, but not these other Germanic people who ruled most of Iberia. Now, Iberia, as you guys know, is where Spain and Portugal are. Mm-hmm. Professional cyclist Lachlan Morton just rode a race there called Badlands. It's a new race this year. It's an ultra endurance gravel race. The course was gravel, gravel. So it's on all all on non paved roads. And the no, course was no the course was designed to take four days, self-supported. You had to camp out, bring all your own snacks, all your own food, all your own equipment, and uh, it was designed to take four days. And this son of a gun did it in one day, nineteen hours and thirty minutes. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he <laughs> one spent, day? He spent nineteen minutes off of his bicycle. That's it. Good You're supposed to be camping out. He uh, didn't, he didn't camp out. He just he was just like you know what. I'm going to keep riding. You know, it'd be better if I just slept back at the hotel tomorrow night. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he thought. I'm just going to keep wow. riding. So he rode his bicycle for a day and 19 hours. All right. You know, you know, he was like taking like those like quick naps, like during straightaways. And sure. Like where it's yeah. just the <laughs> muscles are just turning at that point. And he's just like closing his eyes for a little bit. How do I do this? Waking himself much. back up when he leans over too far. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. He's the current reign to Hispania. I think. Philip. I'm probably wrong. Um, and I did you guys read it while I was going? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes. The, the this is a great one. Germanic people 
Um, hey. hey, to help you out a little bit here, girl. Uh, who who did you think was the uh, the king of uh, Spain? Philip. Still praying. No, say it in Spanish. You're, yeah, say that you're on Spain. the right track. Yeah, Felipe. Mmm. Good boy. Oh, the Franks, Felipe Franks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Little transfer. Yeah. People forget. People forget that he was uh, at Arkansas. Man, I forgot Felipe Franks was still playing collegiate football. <laughs> Arkansas had nine quarterbacks last year, so. Are you ever a f- true Florida quarterback if you don't transfer somewhere else, though? It's true. Yeah. A true Florida quarterback would mean he like wins the Heisman or got him really close. Proud, proud uh, tradition started by one Brock Berlin. Mm-hmm. Legendary. Florida, Miami. That's like the that's like the boldest move. I know, right? <laughs> that, that, and they used to play each other like a lot more regularly. That's like transferring from Auburn to like Georgia Tech. Yeah. Except if Georgia Tech were good, because Miami was still good at that point in time and they still played uh, each other quite a bit i guess yeah maybe auburn to georgia would be a similar and yeah seen we've seen the reverse but yeah we haven't auburn to georgia would be a really interesting one or auburn to clemson yeah since we play since we play <laughs> clemson all the time the de facto uh, 14th uh, 15th member of the sec um so does arkansas have a shot to get any wins this year I mean, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but his schedule's brutal. <laughs> All right, Justin, I'll ask you my hypothetical. I asked you this hypothetical. I asked the hypothetical to these boys a couple weeks ago. What is the greater probability of happening? Arkansas yeah. winning a football game, winning one football game, or Auburn playing all 10 of its football games and none of them being canceled? Uh, Auburn playing all 10 of their games. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling bold. No, I mean, I don't want to get, like, too far off into the weeds here about this, but, like, I, I really think it's going to take something rather drastic for the SEC, and you know, to cancel games. Like, it's going to take, like, a big size outbreak, I would imagine. Um, And, man, I just think Arkansas is just uh, – they don't, they don't have much hope. They really don't. Um, it's the worst roster in the league. Um, they were they, Chad Morris had recruited a little bit better, and I felt like if they'd have given him time and stuck to it, but now you're blowing it up and starting it all over again with the dude who's never been a head coach. Um, you know, with a guy who like his claim to fame is being a really good cheerleader um, for the Georgia football staff, uh, and he's I mean he he had a lot of respect as an offensive line coach, but like man, I just gonna be tough like i don't see like where's the win coming from this year even in a year where both the mississippi schools reset their head coaches you still it's still hard to find it now do i think that even in a pandemic year they'll still somehow only be down by three to texas a&m and late in the fourth quarter yeah probably yeah probably that's (laughs) gonna happen but other than that like i really i mean missouri might be their one that they pick up but i even then just because of the fact that Drinkwitz has like a little bit more creative background as a head as a, as an offensive mind, I feel a little bit better about them, and the fact that they weren't you know, completely awful like Arkansas has been for the last few few years. It's gonna be rough. They should have I mean, made them more play likely, Vandy week one. What's what's a bigger number? What uh, the Auburn offense hangs on Arkansas in football, or how many points Auburn scores on Arkansas in basketball? It's going to be close, I think. 
Because, like, Auburn plays, like, as we said, Auburn plays Georgia in week two. And, I mean, even win or lose that next week. You know, if Auburn wins, they're going to be they're going to be rolling and, and, and feeling pretty feeling pretty good. Finally, going to win in Athens, or if they lose, they're going to be desperate to bounce back hard against a team that Gus loves to annihilate every chance he gets. And now he's got an offensive coordinator that fired that 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 fired him like really early. So yeah, I mean, like it's going that that's the one where you just start see like it, it could get real ugly. It was real ugly last year, and Auburn didn't even play particularly well in that game. Yeah. And it got ugly. Yeah. On the road. So, man, there's no telling what this one will look like. All right, Ryan, South Carolina. Week four, South Carolina. Your favorite podcast co-host struggles pronouncing the capital of Finland. Well, you're begging for a compliment here, so (laughs) Ryan is my favorite podcast co-host. Oh, you're too kind. Helsinki is the capital of Finland. I never got to go. It was one of those places. Helsinki was on the Helsinki and Copenhagen, both of the Nordic places, were both places I really wanted to get to. And I never got to go. It's a drag. It's gonna. It's on the bucket list. Um, is it Ryan Hel Helsinki? No way. It's Ryan Helsinki. Helinski. 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 Oh, there you go. And he might not be the starter, honestly. There's yeah, still that, that, that was still a battle, but I just had to pick one. Well, who was the dude that actually beat Georgia? That wasn't Ryan Helinski. Wasn't that the third shoot? No, it's the guy. Yeah, he's gone now, I, I believe. Oh, that's too bad. It wasn't Bentley either. Mm-mm. They should start that dude. Didn't Bentley leave too? Didn't he transfer? Yeah, he's at Utah. Wow. Or was. I, don't know what, I don't know how that's going to work out um, now that the Pac-12 is not playing. Or are they? No one knows. Um, <laughs> it was Helensky actually, that, that started against Georgia last year. Huh. Well, although they had another quarterback that threw twelve passes in that game, so he got hurt, if I remember correctly. I think so, I think okay. got hurt right after <laughs> right after uh, Bentley had gotten hurt early in the season. Um, yeah, that's wild. The carry on Joiner finished that game out. Hmm. That's who it was. Hmm. All right, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, uh, the brother of James. South Carolina, they exist. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, the brother. Yeah, so Ole Miss, the brother of James, enjoys a solitary peanut butter cup with three Blue Devil brothers. So, and I'll I'll tell you, this is a before, during, and after. It's a three brother. Wow. Yeah, it's three brother. All right, who was the brother of James? Jesus. Different Not brother of James. James. <laughs> Different James. <laughs> I think it would be pronounced Jesus. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> the, bro- the brother of James, <laughs> as in Jesus. Um, the Plumley is the last part, right? Mm-hmm. All right, you got that one. Yeah, solitary peanut butter cup, a Reese. Okay, oh, I would have gone with a different yep. clue in the middle, but uh, a that's Reese a good one too. Plumley. Um, brother of James is the part that I've got. James, which James are you talking about? James Jones, <laughs> Vanderbeek. No, so it, it's John Reese Plumley. John, the other James, James' other brother. Yeah. <laughs> Different yeah. James. One of the apostles. Yeah. Well, I would have, uh, I would have gone with a Gimli themed middle part of that, or, uh, or. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you can tell I'm not from Alabama because I pronounced it Reese and not Reesey. Reesey? I don't call it Reese. That always barred me. Uh, Reese. It's Reese's. But anyway. Reese's Pieces. It's literally on the commercial. Just pronounce it. <laughs> I had a roommate so what, in college who called him Reese's Pieces, and I just stared at him like he was had three heads. Reese's Pieces? I was like, Pieces? Do you ever say, give me a piece of paper? Of course not. <laughs> so what does uh, Ole Miss have this year with, uh, with Kiffin? Um, I think he, I think Kiffin's got a quarterback that he's going to have some fun with in Plumlee. Uh, never forget that, uh, he, that John Reese Plumlee is like 65 spots ahead of Bo Nix on PFF's listing, even though John Reese Plumlee, I don't think is very good at throwing the football. Like his numbers were like people pick on Bo for his, for his passing numbers last season. And it makes sense. His accuracy wasn't great. Um, but Plumlee's numbers were just literally real bad. But he ran for a billion yards against LSU last year, and a lot of people, you know, really thought that uh, it makes it's going to make a lot of difference. Um, I'm very interested to see what Ole Miss looks like because, you know, Kiffin gets really creative, especially in the passing game, and like Plumley has been very limited as a passer early on. Uh, they got some pieces. My big thing with Ole Miss is going to be my big thing with Ole Miss for really ever since they started going downhill is just like, is their defense going to be able to stop anybody? Because the last few years they haven't. Anybody with a pulse, you're going to be able to, you know, put up really big points with. But it'll be fun. I mean, like, Kiffin, like, that is the perfect, like, culture fit for for a head coach and a a fan base. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Plumlee seems to me kind of like what you would think out of Terry Wilson early in the season. It's like, passing, eh? Better hope you run defenses already, um, because uh, he's a guy that that'll that'll really try to make an impact with his legs. And they got some they got some good young guys around him too. But it's gonna be a weird year. It's gonna be a weird year for Ole Miss, especially. Yeah, I remember him being effective on the ground last year, but I didn't realize he actually had a thousand yards only in nine games. Uh, and he had like he had like two fifty against LSU. Yeah. In that game, that was like a shootout. Yeah, it was it was absurd. But yeah, his passing numbers. Not good. 52%, uh, mm. four touchdowns, three picks, 700 yards. 900 yards, sorry. Yeah. He threw four yeah. touchdowns in a whole year? In nine games, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, they did not want to throw the ball. And especially last year coming off of losing all those dudes at wide receiver right. that had been kind of the face of that offense for the last few years. Um, so. Very interesting to see where Kiffin, Kiffin leads that, that team because it's a, it's an interesting mix of characters for sure. LSU. And defensively, can they do anything? LSU, uh, yeah, we've talked about them being you know, the same position as 2011 Auburn, losing a bunch of guys. Uh, and that includes at quarterback. Uh, so the superhero we all wanted Donald Glover to portray lit the whack on fire before having to spend New Year's Day 2008 in New Orleans. Man, this is I love a- this clue. I didn't know they had a guy named Batman on the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to guess. Hawaii. I got to <laughs> guess based on these these uh these clues you gave. All right. Is it Jarrett Khalid, Sheikh Mohammed. It is not. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, how did you get to that that name, Chief? Uh. <laughs> Well, he's from Texas. Was my was no, no. You're in the wrong oh, one. You're, uh, you're ahead of the game, man. We're on LSU. 
Oh, never mind. <laughs> Would you like to guess the LSU one? No, no, no. no. We're, I'm on L- oh. I'm on LSU. I've got Brennan because I've got the whack on fire New Year's Day in New Orleans. That's Colt Brennan. Brennan. The superhero we all wanted Donald Glover to portray is what's getting me. I got that, that easily. I can't figure out who I that figured, would be. And, and hey, you, Chief, you can join in on this. I mean, yeah, you want a you want a lifeline on that one? Yeah, Chief. Who did everybody Miles. want? Miles. Okay. I don't think that helps him. <laughs> what superhero is Miles? Miles Morales. He's the ultimate Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh. Cool. Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Into the Spider-Verse. So. Man, I haven't seen that one yet. It's supposed to be really good. Oh. I need to see it. It's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> Highly recommend. Um, yeah. Okay. Miles Brennan. So I got half of it. Miles Brennan, a very LSU quarterback name. Um, if you had asked me sure. about Miles Brennan, I would have said he was like the backup and he's been around college football for like six years. Is he related to Colt Brennan? three places. Yeah. Is he related to Colt Brennan? I don't believe so. Okay. Okay. I think Miles Brennan's a Mississippi kid, isn't he? Or am I getting him confused with Shea Patterson again? I used to love Colt Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan uh, from Long Beach, Mississippi. Yep. I the don't real think Long Colt Beach. Brennan is. No. He's from Laguna Beach, California. That's Both close. have LBs. I bet there are no two different places on earth than Laguna Beach, <laughs> <laughs> California, and Long Beach, Mississippi. Long Beach, Mississippi is yeah. probably more similar to the moon than it is to Laguna Beach. <laughs> yeah, LSU, um, I'm glad y'all had that national title because this year could get really, really weird. This is like a real pandemic year for them in terms of like they're basically oh. going, hey, look, yeah, everyone's opting out. We don't really care. We got the national championship. I'd be, I'd be super fine with whatever happens this year if I was LSU. Um, the, the difference between, and I don't want to, I don't want to, um, make any Auburn fans mad. I think the only difference between 2020 LSU and 2011 Auburn is that while, uh, 2020 LSU, I would argue lost more talent than 2011 Auburn did. Like but when it's all said and done of the people who are supposed yeah. to come back, all leaving, um, the, the, the difference there is, is that LSU in 2020, much better recruiting base than what 2011 Auburn had to come on. Right. Because this was, you know, that, the, the foundation of that team was still early. It was like whatever you had gotten from Chiswick at that point, but it's still, there was still a lot of Tupperville lingering there. And we saw that in 2012, <laughs> especially. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, LSU will be, have a baseline level of talent that'll make them a good team, I would think. Right. I mean, anybody could pop up and get them this year, except for Arkansas. Except for Arkansas. Arkansas. I know know Mississippi State fans are fired up for that first game against LSU because they are convinced with all – every time there's somebody who opts out at LSU, they're like, all right, here we go. Mike Leach about to turn it loose. And it's like, all right. (laughs) Have they looked at their own roster? Yeah. Have they looked at a Mike Leach offense starting out seasons? I mean, he is notoriously really bad. Mike Leach, two of his best seasons at Washington State started with FCS losses. Yeah. The year the year they won 10 games, they opened the year with losing to Portland State. Oh, well, if we just keep calling funny. LSU Louisiana State, he might think that's an FCS team. And, you know, who knows what happens <laughs> there. Jeez. 
All right. Well, speaking of Mississippi State, there we go. That's, uh, that's what we got after LSU. Like uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys aren't going to get this first clue, but I throw it in there anyways. Golf's only major winner from all of Asia gets hopelessly infuriated by what's on second. Dub is screaming at, v- at the. Is that Vijay Singh? No, he's from Fiji. No. That doesn't count as. Uh... What? I know, I know. I thought it too. Yeah, and I was like, uh, well, that was my first where I went to, and I was like, there's no quarterbacks in the SEC named VJ. VJ. <laughs> like, if we get VJ's quarterback I, at Mississippi State, I know, I know, the, I know this one. It's not Tiger Woods. <laughs> golf, golf's only major winner from all of Asia. I and we're, we're talking about born and like actually represents. It's not, and it's not barn he is rat. A citizen my of favorite. An Asian country. Okay. It's not barn rat, the Thai guy. He's my favorite. Not, he does not have a, a major, unfortunately. It's, yeah. I, you know, uh, the Japanese are really into golf, uh, and it's odd that they have not had someone, you know. Yeah. Making on the tour and won a major. Okay. Definitely. Hopefully infuriated by what's on second is either Abbott or Costello. I'm going to guess there's not a guy named Costello. <laughs> well. <laughs> is there a guy named Costello? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Something Costello. Golf's only major winner. Is it like Kai? K-I-I? I mean, I'm not going to know. Asia's major winner. So I, I had a another clue I thought about throwing in there, but I just didn't couldn't get it to fit quite as well. Uh, what happened to the guy with the huge beard that was Mississippi State's quarterback last year? Like he was a roadie for the Black Rose. I think Rose. he's still around. <laughs> he's still there. But, he's just it, the guy. The guy who couldn't throw the another guy who couldn't throw the ball and only run the ball yeah. is probably not going to be a great fit for uh, Mike yeah. Leach's offense. Yeah. So so the other clue would have been the metric unit for energy times a thousand. Oh, come on. Jewel? <laughs> no idea. There you go. Times a thousand. KJ Costello. Oh, kilojoules Costello. Oh, yeah, yeah. kilojoules. Wow. KJ. You could have KJ gone. Stanford you could have given us a carry on Johnson. Uh, well, that uh, would have been too yeah. easy. Yeah, was, or yeah. Kevin Johnson. Mayor of Sacramento. Yeah, Kevin mayor Johnson. of Sacramento. I would have gone directly to KJ with that. Yeah. Golf's I think only former major. mayor at this point. Wait, who's the major winner from, from Asia? That's what I want to know. KJ Choi. Oh, man. South Korean would have never gotten that a thousand uh, years. Can, so I mean, we talked about the difference between Long Beach versus Laguna Beach. Can you imagine transferring from Stanford to Mississippi State? Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> Palo Alto to Palo Alto to Stark, Stark Vegas. Oh, I've always called Palo Alto Starkville in the Pac-12, but as as. <laughs> yeah. at, yeah. As I am, as I am uh, contractually required to every time it is brought up, I have to go on a podcast and say Starkville is not that bad. I actually like enjoy. Yeah, that's been my stance since the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. You'll never had, convince me. I had a good time in Lubbock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a good time in Lubbock. Once. I did. That one's that, that that one's kind of a tougher sell to me. That I mean. I'm, Dang, you're in the middle of the desert you out there. You have a good time one time anyway. Yeah, one time. I think that's the point. That's true. That's true. I enjoy Starkville. I enjoy Starkville. But, yeah, uh, the Costello thing is interesting to me because, like, you know, they're, he's tra- he transfers from Stanford to Mississippi State. He's going to run this Mike Leach offense. He gets his guy. But even then, you think about it, and it's like, well, it's not like they were running the air raid at Stanford. Yeah. You know? Right. David Shell David Shell is still trying to figure out how many fullbacks and tight ends he can fit on the field. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's gonna be interesting. And like Costello didn't really light it up at Stanford. He was more hype than finished product 
you know, at Stanford, it was like, this guy's a guy that the NFL dude's like. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like if Costello would have stayed at Stanford, he would have been like a mediocre Pac-12 quarterback and still got picked in the second round of the NFL draft. Like, that's that was the trajectory he's on. Now what happens when you go to the air raid? Because that's kind of the hot thing now for NFL guys um, because of the success of Mahomes and what people see out of Kyler Murray. Um, we'll see if this helps or hurts Costello. Um, why, thing, why did he transfer? Just for I, that I'm reason. For, yeah, Stanford had Stanford had a kind of like a carousel going at quarterback, and they've got a young, higher rated quarterback that they like. But even still, man, like it's he a grad yeah, it's a grad transfer. I believe so. Okay, I believe so. Was Kenny Rogers oh, involved with this uh, transfer <laughs> anyway? Not the dead one. He did. Meeting at, the, meeting at the Hampton Inn, meeting at the Hampton Inn in Columbus. And Somewhere yeah, in the night. In this KJ, thing. he <laughs> broke even. Uh, the other thing about Mississippi State I'm interested in this year is can they, how much do they improve, especially with Leach now being your head coach, how much do they improve from having one of the worst defenses I've ever seen from an SEC team? Because uh, last year they were they were abysmal on defense. And they lost a lot. Like they used to be really, really good on defense, and they had so they've had, they've got some. Do- I mean, just look at how many NFL guys they put out on defense. Last well, year though, it was just like Mike Leach is their head coach, so I would not hold my breath for defensive improvement. <laughs> so they had a handful of guys that got caught up in that uh, academic suspension thing last year, yeah. where it's like they missed a bunch of games. Are are some of those guys on defense coming back? Or I know Willie, I know Willie Gay's in the NFL now. Um, Oh, he got kicked off the team, didn't he, after punching Gary Schrader? Yeah. Oh, God. yeah Whoa. Broke the quarterback's jaw in bowl practice. A bowl practice. Um, yeah, they've got some – I think I, I think the defensive line is where they're going to return most of their most of their dudes. But, man, it's just – it's weird because State had this really good thing going for a while that, you know, if you're not going to – if you're going to be Mississippi State, and I think the same thing was with Ole Miss – you're not going to be anywhere near like you're going to be one of the three worst teams in terms of talent in your division every single year. So do something weird, do something different. And for state for a long time, it was run the ball super well, have an effective quarterback, like an efficient quarterback who will make the most of his 15 or so chances a game and then have a defense that plays really, really tough. And now they're going to be like, how about we do the air raid? And like, yeah, I've always wanted to see an SEC team just com- fully commit to the air raid, but I always thought it was going to be like Vanderbilt. Right. So let's <laughs> see what state was there. Vanderbilt's got to run the triple option, though. That's that's always my thing. But, well, Kentucky well, did it back in the uh, late '90s, and it worked okay. Yeah, they essentially did it last year. Yeah, that's true. The too. '90s, I mean, the late '90s are all back in style again, man. Mark, Every, Mark everybody's Stoops, wearing neon, and Mike Leach is running the air raid still. Mark Stoops is from that same tree, is he not? Mm, Leach, no. So Leach was the OC at Kentucky when right. they. With how mummy yeah. and then Stoops uh, is, I think Stoops is in that weird yeah he was like on the defensive side of all that okay I don't know because Leach, Leach was went, Leach was Bobby Stoops's OC, OC after Kentucky yeah very fascinating career for for Mike Leach mm-hmm. uh, a man who wants a man who wants coach football in Finland um, <laughs> and he's one of the few people I think in the history of the universe. He might be the only one who has both lived in Finland and Valdosta. So, uh, <laughs> and now Starfield. 
Wow. And now Starkville and Pullman, Washington. <laughs> he's, and he love it. And love it. He, he, thrives, he thrives in desolate places, which is where the appeal was, I'm sure, was for, for Starkville. Um, I yeah, think it's I why just, it's also why he has like a, I think he has a boat in Key West. Yes. Like he which is also like, kind of a weird gross yeah. place. I mean, I'd live there, but it's kind of gross. If you're a pirate, you know, it's not a bad spot. All right, Tennessee. He was the... I know this one, guys. I looked at the clue already, <laughs> and I know it. I, I might just let Chief just go on a rant, but uh, I'll give the clue first. So, I, Yeah, give the clue, <laughs> and then we'll uh, come back to what I guessed earlier. I hope it's a real political rant he's about to go on. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Texas, you know. At least until at least until he got locked up in America's Caribbean prison. All right, he's from Texas, you know, as a reference to Jarrett Stidham's constant reference to him being from Texas. Sure. And it's Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is the second. Khalid Sheikh. <laughs> Jarrett Guantanamo, I believe, is the name of the Tennessee quarterback. From it's technically Guarantano, but I I couldn't give any kind of clue that yeah. would get you there. So Jarrett Jarrett Guantanamo. And now Chief is going to go on a rant about black sites and the CIA yeah. and <laughs> illegal activity in Guantanamo prison. Is that right? I've read a fascinating book on You got your orange shirt on and your beard? You kind of look like you might be in Guantanamo right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't talk about much down there. <laughs> did you yeah. see 311 there? <laughs> 311 did a spell for the, on the, for the troops. In that, yeah, I've talked. I've talked about seeing him on the beach. That was the beach that I was on. Yeah. Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> Castro, Castro was a big three eleven. Yeah. Yep. He's like little, oh, little, little man bag. <laughs> no, he thought he actually were... he, he got on stage with them, and so did the uh, the the colonel that was in charge of uh, Gitmo at the time. They, well, yeah. He, Castro thought Sublime was playing, <laughs> and then three eleven showed up. Wait, what is this? <laughs> What they, what they do? <laughs> he keeps screaming out sublime songs. Is, is there anything? Is there anything we can say about Tennessee? I'll tell you right. This is what we can say. If we lose, if, yeah, I'm Auburn loses. Extremely angry. I am yeah. gonna. I think pod, he's already I'll got say, his rant written out for what happens if we lose to Tennessee again. I'll say. I'll say losing to Tennessee this time would be a lot more uh, acceptable than losing to him the last time. Um, so <laughs> you got that going for you, but yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee will always be just a weird one for me. Cause like they're recruiting really, really well. They definitely made some forward strides last year. Then again, they didn't really beat anybody that you were surprised at. And I'm not fully convinced that Jeremy Pruitt's a good football coach, but he's not, he's I've not been wrong before Justin. Yeah, I've been wrong before. He's not. <laughs> He's one of the dumbest people on the face of the earth. Dude. If if yeah. uh, if we lose Tennessee, I believe Chief is gonna maybe quit. Yeah. Can yeah. you go? Can you go zero and two against a dude who didn't know what asparagus was? Is that no, like even? That, that's that, not like a. That's not like a, a a joke he was making or like <laughs> he just didn't know because he doesn't have two brain cells to rub together. Are just, we sure he wasn't teaching what is that he was actually just in kindergarten? Well, he was coaching football. Oh, oh it, the kids there are probably smarter than he was. Let me <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, All right, and now Alabama. I think I know this one too. He threw a pick six to Christian Tut in the first half of the Iron Bowl, and he did it again to Zacoby McLean in the second half of the Iron Bowl. That'd be who is a crow? Mac Jones. Who Mac uh, Jones? You got it. <laughs> 
How do we? Uh, yeah. How one, do we feel about that? The, the one thing I want more than anything this this weird college football season is I want a full ten game Alabama quarterback controversy between Mac Jones and Bryce Young. I want like I want Saban to just be like by week five just threatening to kill everyone who asks him. <laughs> I want that. I yeah. want I want him just like I want a shortened season and I just want him just to be like there's no controversy and he's just like rotating them in between plays. Yeah. Like, just just go full on like crazy high school football coach with the quarterbacks. I, I want him to literally be bringing up the pandemic. Don't you know there's more important things in the world? Meanwhile, I, like... I want there to, I want things to just be so drama free in Tuscaloosa at, at one season just to see what Nick Saban makes up to be mad about. That's what I want. Well, <laughs> that's what he's been what doing most seasons. I know. So that last year, his most that's famous rant is about Georgia Southern. Yeah, his most famous rant is about Georgia Southern, and like not even a good Georgia Southern, <laughs> like the Georgia Southern that Auburn beat beat the tar out of, like yeah. that that level of Georgia Southern. Well, and his big like, I'm not going to talk about it again. So quit asking me. Yeah, is like after the at halftime of the first game. <laughs> so that's like DEFCON 1. <laughs> you know, I will say this. I have found it very interesting that Alabama has avoided the, the opt-outs. With as many guys on their team... Don't get paid if you don't are... if you opt out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like there's so many... There's so many, like, dudes with, like, legit pro... pro I mean, like, Dylan Moses is coming back from a crazy injury. And playing this year, and it's it's weird to me. Like LSU's like, all right, y'all, bye. We're, we'll see y'all. You know, and Georgia's had some of it as well. The other thing that is funny to me about Alabama is, is that they are like the odds-on pick, like universal. You're, you're hard to find anybody who's not picking Alabama to win the SEC this year. And it's like this is a weird year. This is the year where like this is the year where like Florida stumbles into it into an SEC title. Like you know, yeah. this is where Auburn sets themselves on fire and everyone else like. Yeah, just, I, I, this is not the year to go with the boring chalk pick. Seven like, three Auburn winning the SEC. If you're if you're if you're a college football analyst, national writer, whatever, and like you're saying like my playoff this year is Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma and know, yeah. Georgia. I mean, come on, this should be the year where you're just like you're just like you know what I really think uh, that this is the year that no, NC State gets it all figured out. Then you're like, I don't know why you would say that, but okay. Like, It's going to be Baylor. It's going to be Auburn. It's going to be who, uh, Miami. Who, who, in, who in college football will be brave enough to stand up for Brock Purdy and Iowa State this year? Just be like, because they're beating Texas. They're 100%. This is the year Iowa State beats Texas by like three touchdowns. Yep. 100%. Do they lose to Kansas State the next week? <laughs> Before getting shut out by Baylor, oh, I like this big ten, big twelve turn this podcast has taken. <laughs> All right, Texas A and M. Speaking of big twelve teams, speaking of big twelve, yeah. <laughs> the Hall of Fame tight end is now the athletic director at Florida A and M, but I doubt he's well versed in modified Newtonian dynamics. Now I know this one only really yeah. because I know who the quarterback of Texas A and M is, and that's Kellen Mond. Now. Kellen. I did not know that uh, Kellen Winslow was the AD at Florida. That was the main thing I wanted out of this. Yeah. 
Interesting. I wish it was Keller Winslow Jr. was the idiot for Oh, my God, that guy. <laughs> He's a true soldier. I've mentioned on this podcast before that I, I'm a Miami fan, and I was a big Miami fan around that time, and he was supposed to be just the truth, Kellen Winslow Jr., oh, yeah. and I hated him. I hated him so bad. He he just he ran his mouth all the time. He wasn't that good. He was fine in the NFL. He wasn't that good in Miami. He really wasn't. He not, did not the compared Heisman. To, uh, he did the Heisman post after a touchdown in in, in he, the Independence Bowl in the first yeah. game of the season. Yeah, yeah. He was my following question, up. My question is, how, Jerry Mashaki. So it was a little hard to be. Oh yeah. That oh, good. The, my question is, how did you become a Miami fan? Um. Well, uh, my granddad had a house down there when I was like four. And uh, I don't know. I got some Miami gear. I was like, yeah, I'm a Miami fan. And then my aunt mm-hmm. went hey, there. Hey, that's cool. My aunt. I, I, I love I love second teams. I love people when yeah. people are like big fans of, of, of yeah. somebody else as well. My, my aunt also went to college there. She's only like four years older than me. So um, visited that's her. Cool. too. Um, so she was yeah. there during the best of times. I would like to beat Texas oh, yeah. A&M by a thousand points. Is this the year we get Texas A&M and Texas in the playoff together? No. <laughs> this may be the year we get them in the Cotton Bowl together. Kellamon's still the quarterback? <laughs> yeah, he's still the quarterback. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> that was a question based on, like, can they get in the playoff? It was like, I don't oh, know, man. Yeah. There's so much hype around Kellamon this year, and if you look it up statistically, he got worse as a quarterback last season. <laughs> like, his, like, his numbers are worse even when they had all those dudes coming back for him last yes. year. And now they don't have quite as many receivers and tight ends and all that coming back for him this year. And they're like, yeah, he'll be better. It's like, man, maybe he's just an average quarterback. Yeah. Maybe. There's a there, there's a chance that Jimbo Fisher isn't that good of a football coach as well. So so my great, <laughs> so my great Jimbo Fisher thing is that until I'm proven wrong – I will always believe that Jimbo Fisher cannot win at a high level unless he has by far the best talent in his own division conference, whatever. Because oh, when Clemson oh, so got attacked together, he was done. He was done. Mm-hmm. As soon as as soon as as soon as Clemson got his act together, he yeah. got attacked together. So, so so he's Nick Saban? Is that what you're saying? Has yeah, Nick well. ever won anywhere where he didn't have an extreme talent advantage? Michigan State. What did he win there? enough games to get hired by LSU. Yeah. <laughs> I think the difference would be it's a good it's a good gig if you like that's a good thing you can be if you're you know in the ACC and you're like say you're Davos yeah. Sweeney right now or if you're in the Big 12 and you're Lincoln Riley or if you're in the Pac-12 and you you know wake up USC or you know even you'll even say that about you know uh, Ohio State but like it's hard to do in the SEC. And it's harder to do in the SEC West. Yeah. That's what Saban was so it. good at, is not that he is, he's better than Jimbo has ever been at making sure no. he maintains a talent advantage. Yes. Like, he locks it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gus is good at beating Nick Saban, which makes no sense <laughs> in the world. <laughs> All right, last thing we're going to do on the pod before we go, because this is the longest pod we've recorded in 2020, I believe. Um, Sorry. What is... <laughs> Justin, what do you remember about the 2010 Auburn versus Mississippi State football game? Ooh, Auburn Mississippi State 2010. This is pre Dak Prescott 2010 uh, Mississippi State. <laughs> this is Chris Relf, I believe. Yeah, believe. Yeah, 
the first of many poor man's Cam Newtons they they put on <laughs> on the field. Yeah, it, can someone give me a final score of that game? It was a Thursday night. Conflating. Okay. Thursday night. Thursday game. night. All right. Because I'm conflating, I'm conflating 2013 Mississippi State with 2010 Mississippi State mm-hmm. in my head. 2013 Mississippi State, I'm thinking, oh, it was a close game, and Auburn pulled it out at the end, you know, stuff like that. And I'm trying to think of what I've been saying because I, I have a vivid memory of pretty much everything. The exact so exact. this is the Nick exact. Fairley game. Yeah, where, Nick Fairley. Yes. We were like, okay. Oh, he is good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Final stat line: five tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, uh, one and a half sacks, and a pick. Oh, that's right, the pick. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, so 17-14, yeah. and they one of threw the-, the ball. They had the ball at the end and basically ran out of time. And they, I think, didn't they accuse us of pass interference at the end of the game? Is that what happened? I, th- I think there might have been, yeah. Uh, yeah. Arguable it, it ended P. weirdly, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it was missed P.I. Game. in the end zone is what, what they, they the, wanted. The only thing I saw of this game was literally the last drive because uh, I had a baseball game that night. Mm. And for whatever reason, we didn't get back to the house until, you know, middle of the fourth quarter, end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And after the blowout of, you know, the Auburn-Arkansas State game, I was thinking, oh, like this team, has the offense figured out, we should be putting up 30, 40 points on Mississippi State, right? Baseball on a weeknight in September, Ryan? Dude, baseball around Atlanta is a year-round thing, man. Man alive. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I remember watching this at my, my buddy Chad's house with our buddy Steve. Uh, I, this is oddly from this season. This is the, the game I remember the most, probably because we were on the edge of our seats the whole, the whole time. Like I, I remember the actual process of watching the game more than any, I, I mean, I remember the national championship. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but, but this just because it was a Thursday night game, because we were uh, just hanging out at my buddy's house you know, on a weeknight, um, and, uh, how, uh, like just nervous we were the whole time because it was such a close game the entire time. Yeah. And Auburn scored yeah, all 17 feel- points. There was four and a half minutes left in this first half when they right. kicked this, the field goal to go up 17, seven. Yep. So, and, and, and I feel like you, you could have said, name me what you remember about every single game in 2010 except for this one and i would have had a more vivid memory like even like louisiana monroe i remember that game because i think i went to that one mm. uh, for some reason i just made it, for some reason this one was memory hold until like i had to I had to get reminded a little bit but the fairly thing i think is probably what i remember because it's like oh this defense is going to be it. it's like oh well, it's gonna be a pretty balanced team and the rest of the year we're like no we're just gonna outscore everybody it's gonna be all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, was, it, it is a very weird this was probably our toughest game of the year, um, even oh, tougher yeah. than I'd say Kentucky because it it just mm-hmm. it was a grind fest and we didn't really have any of those. Yeah, that this year game stunk to watch. If I remember correctly. Oh, it was a typical Auburn uh, Mississippi State. <laughs> I mean, just this was the only yeah. game. I think this was the only game watching that I thought we were going to lose in the middle of the and game, it, and I was so mad about it because in the lead up there was the whole like coffee shop in Starkville that was talking smack. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. There was the that. whole, there was like the, the animosity between Mississippi State and Auburn due to the Cam Newton stuff with... Well, and like, it hadn't come out yet. Uh, well, that, but they were already, they weren't coming out with it. They the, the picture of him with the cowbell. Yeah, the picture with that. the cowbell, they thought that 
they thought that he should have gone there and he was a liar. That was the main thing. Yeah. It was more the like yeah. Dan Mullen and his yeah. wife accused him of being like a liar. I do remember liar. that. I do remember more of that. Yeah. Is, I will say though, Thursday night game. RIP to Thursday nights because like yeah. you're like in college football, you're never gonna get another good Thursday night game again. Yeah. Now that the NFL's gone all in on having decent Thursday night games. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just I feel like the like, ACC still yeah. throws a couple games out there, but they're like the only power conference that cares about Thursdays anymore. Yeah, yeah. I feel like every you should have a Thursday night game every week. One that's pretty good before the NFL gets cranked up. South Carolina's going to play the early game on ESPN, but that's, that's like <laughs> that's like the only thing that you can can kind of count on. Yeah, I miss it though because Thursday night games are always a lot of fun. To, to be fair, there weren't a ton of big matchups on on thursday nights that i especially sec games like like you get an auburn no. and a south carolina on a thursday night this i mean right. th- mississippi state auburn might be the like one of the bigger uh sec uh, matchups on a was thursday this an night sec I... network game or no that was pre- no this is pre-sec espn didn't auburn this is espn didn't auburn play like the first game televised on the sec network or something like that yeah, like it was uh auburn it was jeremy johnson auburn, lighting the world on fire that's right. that's right yep auburn i think is undefeated on the sec network oh i think that might is be that the true game. is the auburn tennessee game on sec network yeah <laughs> that that's the only one i'm thinking of yeah this yeah. is where Josh Dubble will know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I think an hour and a half is good enough for me. Yeah, this is a long one. 90 minutes. Getting back into game shape. <laughs> this is okay. So this happens every time I'm on a show with somebody. They're like, oh, this is the longest one we've done. And I'm like, God, I got to stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like a long podcast. We had, we had stuff to talk about tonight, too. So. We didn't even talk about Captain Ron. <laughs> We did, we? we did start off the show with talking about Everton. We did. That's how you know it's going to be a good one when Everton yeah. talk gets on the pod. Here comes Gosh. eighth place. <laughs> all right. Hopefully that's only for Everton, not for Auburn. And we'll see yeah. you all next week. Oh, no.